Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 105 of the MJ Cast podcast. My name is Q, and today I'll be joined by my co host Elise. We've got a lot of news stories to discuss, including the re release of Joe Vogel's book, The Man in the Music, statements from John Branker on his last 10 years as an estate co executor of the MJ estate and also on a lawsuit that is in the French courts from three MJ fan groups over in France. We'll also be talking about the new Jafar Jackson amazing song, Got Me Singin', his first debut solo single and video. Paris Jackson appears in a new Scream TV series reboot. And our main discussion topic today, we're very excited to talk about the two new, amazing, positive Michael Jackson documentaries, The Man Behind the Dance with Lavelle Smith Jr. and Humanitarian, the real Michael Jackson from Australian fan Paul Dwyer. Join us for episode 105, News and Tunes, the MJ Cast. The following is a presentation from the MJ Cast, the internet's premier podcast on all things Michael Jackson. You're listening to the MJ Cast by MJ fans or MJ fans. The idea is to uh, innovate, or else why, why am I doing it? When I create my music, I feel like an instrument of nature. You let it create itself, really. I know I do. And I love to entertain. That's, that's one of my favorite things. I love, <laughs> I love my fans. Just simply Michael Jackson. Welcome to the MJ Cast, your source of news and discussion on the King of Pop. G'day everyone, this is Q from Studio Perth. Welcome to another episode of the MJ Cast. Jamin is taking a little school holiday break with his family. So today I welcome back our wonderful assistant and co-host Elise. Hello Elise in Studio San Diego. Hi Q, I'm so happy to be here. It's been a really long time since I've been on the show and I'm sure new listeners in season five don't even know who I am. So They're like, you've got a girl? And I'm like, yeah. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the secret third member. I'm thrilled to be back on the show and chatting with you Q and I think this should be fun. We have some really great news to catch up on and I'm excited to get through it. Absolutely. Yes, that's right. You uh, do a lot of work for us in the background, but today you've uh, come out to help us actually as a co-host and very much appreciate that. And I think this will be uh, really fun. Yes, I guess new listeners, this is Elise. She helps us a lot with social media um, and correspondence, sort of emailing people and contacting people. And I guess she's in a very lucky position that she gets to be our face of the crowd, our our ambassador in the US, because she gets to do some MJ stuff over there that we don't get to do because Jamin and I are in Australia. So yeah, thanks for uh, repping us over there in person. Oh, of course. Of course. And and I want to just say, you know, big shout out to everyone I've gotten to meet in person on behalf of the MJ cast. Um, it's always really fun. I am trying to remember to wear my lanyard that (laughs) that Q and Jamin made me, and uh, it's great. So yeah, anyone who doesn't know me, I I do all of our website content now, um, things like that, and I've been with the show, gosh, I think it's been a year and a half now. 
And it's been a lot of fun. I did have the great pleasure of being on several episodes last season, but season five has just been so busy and so crazy. And as listeners will know, a lot of, especially the first part of this year with Leaving Neverland, we quite often had like five or six people on our episodes. And I have to tell you, you guys, we are we are coordinating people in Australia, usually in London, and trying to have me, I'm in Southern California, on the call as well. We are literally covering every time zone across the world. It's tough. <laughs> so it's really hard. It's tough. <laughs> so that was a big part, part of the reason also why I haven't shown up. But, um, but very pleased to be back and glad to be able to give Jamin a much-needed little school holiday. We miss you, Absolutely. Jamin. Absolutely. Yes, we do. And and you're, you've been really busy I guess probably definitely all of this year with your work as well. Yes. Yeah. You've had, had all a kinds of stuff going on. Crazy schedule, <laughs> lots of travel as well. I have. Yeah. But hopefully this summer calming down a, a tiny bit at this point. So glad to be able to just focus on the podcast for a little while. Absolutely. Well, let's have a little chat about actually um, recent times. What did we both get up to? For June 25th, of course, we released a very well-received episode, 104, with Jenny Winings. If you have not heard that episode, it was our June 25th special, and wow, it it hit a nerve in a good way. It pulled some heartstrings. It, uh, it was a really wonderful and warm and comforting episode. People have really reacted well to hearing Jenny's stories of hanging out with Michael Jackson and visiting and, you know, staying at Neverland. Like, how about that? <laughs> that was a great episode. It really was. Uh, people loved it. And I think it also tapped into a segment of the fan experience that even a lot of us longtime fans have never had. So, um, and I think it was something on the we haven't done on the podcast before. So Jenny, if you're listening, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I think your stories were really appreciated and well received. And we've had lots of other stuff. June has been such a crazy month. So um, crazy. We also, of course, had Larry Nimmer talking about going to Neverland. We had a lot of great Neverland stories this past month. And we've had Terrell Jackson. We just had so much in season five already. It kind of blows my mind. Yeah, us too. Us too. It's, yeah, June's been busy, <laughs> but it's been a big year. It's been a good year. So what about yourself for June 25th or around that time? What did you do that was that was special this year? Yeah, so this year on June 25th, I really wanted to take some time to just listen to MJ's music and focus on positive and enjoy that moment. I did have a very sick dog, unfortunately, so I did not get to really do anything I wanted to do. But um, but I, I did have some tunes at least playing and, and took a few moments to, to reflect. But I did get to participate in some of the MJ Week events in LA, which we will talk about in a second. But Q, I'd love to hear what you did for June 25th. So for my June 25th, so I worked... All that time, every every morning that week I worked, uh, June 25th, we, uh, of course, Jamin got the episode out later that day here in Australia for everyone to listen to. After work, listened to some music of Michael, but it was music that he had chosen to play at Neverland, in, in the grounds of Neverland. It was like the background music of Neverland Ranch. Like when you walk around Disney, 
Parks, there's the background mm-hmm. music. This was the music cool. that Michael had playing in the background around Neverland in the gardens and such. So I was listening to that music. I wrote like a little tribute, just a thing for the day from my own private social media accounts to post, bawled my eyes out like crazy, which I wasn't really expecting because, I don't know, last couple of years, they have got a little tiny bit easier, but this year it seemed just bit harder maybe it was just this tough year we've had and then because it was 10 years um and after i did that i started watching the uh humanitarian the real michael jackson documentary that we will be discussing later in the show as our main discussion topic which was fantastic uh so i did that for probably half the documentary and then um when my husband came home, we, you know, had dinner and watched our usual TV shows and stuff like that. So I, then the next day after work, I finished watching the humanitarian documentary. And then straight after that, I watched the Lavelle Smith Jr. documentary that we'll also be discussing today, which is called The Man Behind the Dance. And that was on the 26th over here. And that was actually the day over here that we all learned that Michael passed away was the 26th. So, yeah, so I got to do stuff over the two days and, um, yeah, it was really good. It was it was very moving this year. I was affected more than I was expecting to be. Mm-hmm. So well, That was a big year. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I find it weird because some, some years I get, do get really emotional and, and, some years I feel more at a distance from it for some reason. This year, I think I was so busy with the MJ Week stuff in LA and everything that I almost kind of didn't have that chance to reflect in that way I really wanted to. So it was sort of a mixed <laughs> mixed bag for me. Plus also looking after the sick papa. Uh, yes, a sick dog can really distract you from other things, unfortunately. Yeah. So speaking of MJ Week in Los Angeles, you got to go to one of the days of the In the Studio with MJ event from Brad Sunberg. So would you like to tell us and share a little bit about that? Because it was quite the event this year. It was quite the event this year. So um, for anyone who is not familiar with uh, Brad Sunberg in this fantastic event he puts on called In the Studio with MJ. It is a seminar style event that he does around the world. So be sure to check him out on Twitter. I believe his handle is In Studio with MJ. Um, And he will have all the dates. He has lots of Europe dates coming up. He's got all kinds of stuff planned. But he brings in people who worked in the studio, of course, with Michael Jackson, also people who worked for him in other capacities. And it's a fantastic event. We hear hear a lot of stories, just a lot of memories. You know, these are all people who had firsthand experience working with him in really close and long-term relationships. And it's a very special thing to hear, hear everything they have to say. So I've gone to the seminars in Los Angeles, where always, which are always during MJ Week. I've gone the last three years. This year, of course, I had really wanted to go to all three days, but I could only, because of various obligations, go to Friday. 
which was a little bit of a bummer. But um, just to share a little bit of what we got to experience on Friday, because it was pretty amazing. Uh, first of all, we did a virtual tour of Neverland, which is always fun. And for that, we had Big Al Scanlon at the event. He did all kinds of things. He ran a lot of the uh, rides, managed all that. He handled the train. He worked there for quite a number of years, and he has a lot of great stories. And then we had Vincent Patterson, who you guys wow. will remember from the show. I know. Yeah, we've had him, which, uh, gosh, I don't remember offhand which episode he was on. Um, and uh, But definitely go back and listen to that episode if you have missed it, because it's one of my personal favorites. So Me too. We'll, we'll drop a link yeah. to that in the show notes. But yeah, yes. definitely oh, absolutely. one I will, of my faves. Yeah, I will have links to all these on the show notes. But Vincent, a choreographer, he danced for many, many years with Michael. He is probably best known for his choreography work in the Smooth Criminal video, but he's done all kinds of other stuff. For that segment of the day, actually, um, Andy Healy, who has been on the show quite a number of times and is a great guy, interviewed Vincent in more of a formal interview format, which was fantastic. And I will say that, well, first of all, Vincent is such an amazing guy. He just is so emotional and feels so connected to Michael and literally bursts into tears every eight minutes, <laughs> which was so sweet. I know he's so sweet. I don't know if he was doing that when you guys were, were interviewing him for the MJ cast, but it's really sweet. And he also, he did two very cool things. He brought, so he was in the beat it video. He's one of the two gang members, as I'm sure listeners know. And he brought his original shirt, his striped shirt from the beat it video which is so tiny. I was like, you are a skinny little guy. Um, <laughs> that was really cool. And then he also actually brought his original ghoul teeth from the thriller video. Whoa. Um, and he put them on, which was pretty amazing. So that was fantastic. We did also get to hear from Kevin Dorsey, who was a uh, worked with Michael for, gosh, I think about 25 years and was a backup singer and also the vocal director Um for the bad tour, um, I think beyond that as well, but I know definitely for the bad tour, who has just has amazing stories. And the evening wrapped up with Matt Forger and Brian Vibberts. And that section of the evening was a little bit different. Brad actually focused it much more on the technicalities of actually the engineering in the studio and what it takes to break down a song and things like that. So it was a really fun day. I mean, jam packed. It went so fast and was was really great. Uh, a lot of, you know, stuff I will never forget. I did miss the big day the next day, which I just will speak briefly to when Brad Buxer, who we just recently had on the show, in case you missed that episode, and also Michael Prince, who we've also had on the show, were both there for the whole day. Oh. And I've heard that that was quite incredible. Um, yeah. And then on Sunday, sorry, go ahead, Q. I was like, wow, that would have also been <laughs> quite the day, know, quite was, the experience. I was getting texts from friends who were there who, was, who were just saying, my jaw is on the floor. And then on Sunday, Brad did something really interesting. He actually did that day specifically for Chinese speakers, which is, I believe the first time he had done that. So that was kind of cool. And he did the whole day for, for people who just speak Chinese and brought in a translator. And I thought that was interesting. So I'm glad that many, um, I think that many people had actually like come from China for MJ week. It was pretty amazing. Um, but cool. at my day, there really were people from all over the world. I mean, 
people had come in from all over Europe. It was really incredible. I met a lot of new friends. Everybody's so warm and loving. I think an event like this, you know, people just, it's really good people who come. And um, I came away with just feeling very connected to to a lot of a new new folks. So I'm really grateful for everyone who works to put this together and for the community that's come out of it. Okay, that's so yeah. awesome. Oh, but and I do want to give... Do- do oh, some ahead. do some little shout outs because there's some people I know, I was just out about there. To give some little shout outs. <laughs> yeah, so Brad and Andy Healy, of course. Also, his team is so amazing. And um, there's Serena and Raiden, um, and all the ladies who help him. I also wanted to say a little quick shout out to Pamela, who was so sweet and actually made us art, which I have not yet mailed to you, Q, but I'm going wow. to. Yeah, she what? made us MJ Cast art. I know, and it's really cool pamela thank you thank you pamela pamela lives in berlin Whoa. and had come all the way for the seminar um, and other events and was, i think she stayed the whole week but the art is it has pictures of all of us and the friends of the show and a bunch of our episode art and a bunch of photos of our guests it's really really cool and it i hope you know it means a ton to us Oh, that's, oh my God, I'm so excited to see that. Pamela, that is amazing. Thank you so much. It is amazing, yeah. And who else did I see? I saw Vera, you guys know Vera Sarova, um, who's doing really important work for the fan community. Uh, Stefan, Maria. I met with Adam Green, who's awesome. And hi, Adam. Yeah, we love Adam. Um, He runs a really cool podcast called The um, Movie Crypt, and they did a fantastic episode recently, which I know you guys already talked about on a recent episode with Taj and really digging deep into Leaving Neverland. Um, And what was great about that episode is, you know, their podcast speaks to a very just mainstream audience, not necessarily the fan community. So I think they reached a really wide listener group um, which and is a great. really big audience from what i've heard a really big audience oh my gosh <laughs> their show is huge yeah and then just a quick shout out to lynn tyler too who um is awesome and i was super happy to see her but thanks was... to everybody if i didn't mention you i loved seeing you you guys mean a ton to me thank you so much did joel get there this year i missed joel joel was actually there on saturday oh, bugger. um but i didn't see him because i couldn't be there on saturday so yeah well, shout was, out to joel anyway yeah, always shout out to Joel, yes. Yeah, he would have rode into town on his motorbike. Yeah, I'm sure he did, yes. <laughs> wow. Oh, actually, I don't know if Joel, if I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, sorry, Joel, but Joel is kind of talking about maybe, I shouldn't say this, maybe trying to put together some kind of little event or party out in the desert. So now you all know about it, where we could like play MJ music and stuff. So hopefully that will come together and we'll let you know if it does and anybody in California or nearby um, can maybe come hang out. Probably not as big as Burning Man. (laughs) You never know. Never know, but well, that is the first thing that came to mind. (laughs) We're going to try. That's my goal. So now, Joel, you're on the hook for this. (laughs) He's going to be like, he's going to, he's (laughs) going to email you go, what did you do? (laughs) That's a pretty cool concept though. That would be fun. Yeah. We'll see if it happens. Oh, and I'm sorry. The one thing I should mention too, is that Taj was there the whole weekend. Um, So Taj Jackson, of course, and uh, it was amazing to have him there. He was there 
just purely as a guest, but did chime in with some stories. And it was fantastic to see his just appreciation of the event and being part of this community. Um, Taj, as all of our listeners know, is doing so much really, really good work. And it's great to see that he he wants to be part of this, you know, this MJ fam as well. Um, and I feel very, I feel like we're very much in sync with his efforts. I think it's probably a good time we should plug his GoFundMe because it still needs oh, yeah. a lot of help because there's only been, I think, like 4,000 fans that have actually donated to the cause. We need to get a documentary out, a rebuttal documentary, like what MJ had to do after the uh, Martin Bashir show. So Taj, of course, is raising money uh, for his yet untitled Michael Jackson documentary series project. We will have a link in the show notes, and please, we encourage strongly to just donate a little bit to help Taj get this documentary out as quickly as possible. It really is the the best chance for just setting that record straight on many, many things and especially concerning what came out from the Leaving Neverland documentary film earlier this year. And yes, please head to the show notes. The link will be there. We strongly, strongly urge and encourage people to support this. It is happening. He's working on it now. He's sending out updates every few weeks or every week. This can't just happen on his own. He needs help to do it. So thank you, Taj, for all of your efforts. And please, MJ fam out there, we please just a little tiny bit donate to the GoFundMe. Yeah, if we each just donated five bucks, we could he could make this film easily. Absolutely. So let's get out there and do it. Well, that's quite the introduction. Let's get into some news. Great. Do, 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 so... do, 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 MJ News. <laughs> <laughs> um, shall I start? Sure, go for it. So starting off on news, Joe Vogel has announced that he will be releasing a new version of his book, Man in the Music, in August. I think it maybe was originally supposed to be released earlier, but has been pushed back and seems confirmed for August. Yep. There is a little bit of information. I know there's been a lot of questions on this about whether it will contain new material. And he has said on Twitter that there will be quote, lots of new material, um, including new sections on destiny and triumph. And there were also some questions around, of course, leaving Netherland, because that's the question of, of 2019, and whether he was planning to write anything about it, or if this edition had actually been influenced by the film itself. He says he is absolutely not planning to write about leaving Neverland, but that he has added a couple of paragraphs, as he says, in the preface, which acknowledge the film but says that the book is still completely focused on his music and his art um, and has nothing to do with the film. Yeah. I don't think acknowledging that the film exists will be a, a reason to boycott the book at all. I have a feeling the text regarding maybe the Michael album may have been removed mm. or uh, heavily altered. <laughs> I think he acknowledged that when we spoke to him on um, our interview episode with him. Mm-hmm. 
but yes, I think that this is purely about the music, uh, about Michael's art, and is going to be very comprehensive. And if you haven't already got it, this will be a terrific chance in August to get this very thorough book. Yeah. Do you think you'll buy this new edition, Q? I think I might. Yeah. yeah I think I probably will too. Yeah. I think there'll be, yeah, especially because of the, um, was it Triumph and Destiny chapters? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's exciting. Absolutely. And I think he mentioned on Twitter that it was exciting to research those as well. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing what details that holds. The book has a new jacket too. So Yeah, I'm not sure. Look. Is it the same publisher? It might be a different publisher. I don't know how it works with re-releases. That I don't know. That's a really good question. I should have looked that up because I work in book publishing. Because but... <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh, maybe because it's different art, maybe it's like a different publisher or I'm not sure. That's very possible, actually, but who knows? I will say, you know, it's one of the very few books out there on Michael Jackson's music and art that's, you know, a serious book that's actually published by a a mainstream publisher. Um, We've had this conversation in the past that, unfortunately, getting Michael Jackson books, I mean, there's some really great ones out there that are being developed, but not many of them are published by traditional presses. So, um, you know, Joe Vogel made that happen and and i think that's great that alone should be acknowledged because yeah almost mission impossible that's why so many books that we speak about are people self-publishing or doing in tiny tiny little independent publishers or print on demand services Shots in her eyes and slowly sneaks 
This is Brian Loren, songwriter, producer for Michael Jackson, and you're listening to the MJ cast. Moving down to the next news story, one of the Michael Jackson estate executors, everyone's favorite man, John Branker, participated in an interview on the last 10 years as one of the co-executors of MJ's estate. It was an interesting interview. I read it again this morning just to make sure I remembered it correctly. And it spoke of, uh, it touched on their early relationship and deals that he helped set up in the 80s, things like that. Touched on how they got the news of Michael's passing, which of course he apparently 
only been rehired quite recently, sort of just into weeks before Michael's passing. Um, and I think he, he got... says it was eight days before he passed. It was, yeah, it was crazy. crazy. How, what a coincidence. Uh, and then how he had his staff... <laughs> like searching the vaults until they found an old will, which was apparently the most recent will. And there's still very strange questions about the legitimacy of that will, but that's what got him appointed as co-executor with a John McLean, who's sort of just missing and very silent. It didn't touch on things such as the, humongous tax bill that they incurred as executors of the estate of hundreds of millions of dollars. Michael managed to pay all his taxes and stuff when he was alive, but when they came along, they were underpaying taxes by hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars and and valuing his image and likeness less than $5,000. It was very telling and bizarre. Uh, It did touch on the Casio debacle of 2010, but it was dismissed very flippantly and not satisfactorily at all. So that was also very disappointing. I don't think I have much more to say on it. What about you, Elise? I would just add that it's certainly trying hard to establish the narrative that John Branca came in and was a savior to this estate in dire straits. Which is frustrating. I did think the way that it presented the Casio track issue was was particularly frustrating. Um, but it, it shows how it is trying to kind of set up this narrative of of how they have acknowledged it and they and it is definitely Michael Jackson and here's all the reasons and and oh and and as he says, but I think he says something like we shouldn't we shouldn't have put subpar recordings mm. on the yeah. album i believe is how he phrases it yeah so you know that is going to probably be the narrative that they continue now going on in the future hoping that fans will forget about it and buy into this version of events we'll see how things pan out uh, there are plenty of people still trying to speak about the truth on this matter uh vera sarova and and damien shields and others um so we'll see what happens i think also worth mentioning is his uh again sort of dig at jackson family members he likes to throw them under the bus and and portray them as um a greedy family you know after money which i thought was very disrespectful and inaccurate absolutely agree so yeah that's why he's uh, everyone's favorite person in the community (laughs) of course moving Um, on well moving on to well uh, i was gonna say more fun news this is not fun at all weird al yankovic has dropped michael jackson parody songs from his show set list so this is disappointing, certainly. Um, also, absolutely part of the cancel culture movement, in my opinion. His statement is that this is not necessarily a permanent change, but that, as he says, he doesn't want to potentially offend anyone coming to his shows. I found the whole Eat It video kind of offensive to begin with, so <laughs> I'm actually not too sorry that that's gone. I don't know. Michael Jackson's legacy will live on without Weird Al's 
parodies, I think. So I, I don't think this is the end of the world, but it still is rather disappointing. Disappointing. And I think it's something that uh, MJ fam out there can maybe help influence. I think they could reach out mm -hmm. to him on social media and, you know, say, bring it back. And just in case you missed the news, this is bullshit. And just encourage him to reintroduce those tracks into his set lists. I think that would not hurt. He, he did mention, you know, he had heard that there were some people that had been disappointed that the songs were removed. So I think adding a little bit of respectful and friendly pressure, for lack of a better term, to reintroduce those tracks might not go astray. Maybe, you know, we've seen across the world on the 10th anniversary of Michael's passing sort of big celebrations and a lot of people doing big things, including Michael music and remembering him. So I think in a way the 10th anniversary may have been a specific sort of target for the leaving Neverland film to try and really, really, really bury and tarnish that. But in an, in another way, I think Michael's legacy and power and goodness sort of outshone and overpowered leaving Neverland on this 10th anniversary. And I think when people are still sort of cancelling him, that is a very poor decision. But yeah, maybe a bit of friendly encouragement from people out there might help. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Um, I do want to add on that note, Q, that I... Just last week, I went to see Who's Bad, which, you know, MJ tribute group. I'm sure a lot of listeners know of them. They they tour all over the world. I went to go see it, one of their shows in San Diego, where I am based. And I was really afraid of just what you're talking about. Um, I was worried, honestly, that people wouldn't be at the show this year. I've seen this. I've seen Who's Bad at the same venue, like every year, every time they come through town for the last many years. And I, I really thought there'd be a sparse audience. I was quite concerned about it, but I have to tell you it, there were more people there than I have ever seen before. It was Whoa. totally packed. Yeah. I was, I was, I was shocked. I was, I was happy, but I was shocked. The energy was so great. There was so much love in the room. It was a wonderful surprise. So yeah, I think we are still here. Michael's legacy is not going away. Let's stick together and, and continue to get through this. And I, I think um, I think we can do this together in just by doing things like you're suggesting, Q. That is cool to hear that, you know, things are bigger than ever. I think we've also seen that in streaming numbers. Mm -hmm. His music is sort of getting more plays than ever. So keep that up encourage it and reward people that are doing it, especially like stores and things that are playing his music, you know, go in mm -hmm. and use those businesses and maybe mention it at the register when you're buying something like, Hey, I really, you know, was hearing this awesome song that brought me in, keep playing it. Stuff like that. Q, we need to have you start a whole, um, make you our ambassador for MJ activism. You're so, you're so great at encouraging exactly the right things. I love it. <laughs> no, we, we would all do things <laughs> if we could. So speaking, my God, what a great segue, Elise. You're good exactly. at this. And you said, yeah, yeah, I'm so rusty at this. No, not at all. Speaking of activism and things, we're going to head to Michael Jackson Fans for Charity for our wonderful 
uh, update on all things Michael Jackson charity related from Stephen over at MJFFC. So here is our correspondent, Stephen. Hi everyone, here is a charity update from MJFFC and other global MJ related humanitarian news. As you may have already heard, Paul Dwyer has made an amazing documentary outlining some of Michael Jackson's humanitarian actions over the years. I think it is going to become a great visual record of some of the amazing things Michael has done over his lifetime to help people. I met Paul for the first time thanks to the MJCast back in episode 92, where Q, Paul and myself spoke about the humanitarian book he had written. It was a great episode to have taken part in, as the subject matter is an area very close to my heart and clearly it is close to Paul's too. Paul's done an amazing job in the documentary, and I would like to thank him personally for creating something so beautiful. MichaelJacksonsLegacy.org are still raising money for their Heal the World bags, where donations given to the Michael Jackson-inspired charity go towards bags containing shoes that grow, and each bag can be funded for just £20 or US$26, which covers the cost, transportation and distribution of the bags. Michael's Dream Foundation are continuing to raise funds for their Tokyo Dreambox delivery, where each box contains an assortment of toys, games, books, puzzles and learning tools specifically designed for the group of children that receive them. The contents are selected based on the children's age ranges, language, culture and even world location. So if you can contribute, please head over to michaelsdreamfoundation.org for further details. HWMCO Netherlands is an organisation that was founded in 2016 for the purpose of providing disadvantaged children in Uganda a worthy future. In 2017, Nikki's Care for Africa was established and is registered as a community-based organisation in Kabal District, Uganda. Last year, they successfully introduced the first motorboat to ensure the children of Wamwa Primary School have safe transport to and from school every day over Lake Bonyonyi. More recently, they finished the construction of five much-needed landing docks to facilitate boarding and disembarking the boat for children. Today, they are very excited about their second boat project that is progressing very well. Soon they will be travelling to Uganda again to discuss future goals and long-term strategies. If you would like to follow their organisation's progress and contribute, they can be reached at Heal the World Miracle Community Organisation, that's organisation with a Z, dot com. The Michael Jackson Estate started an Honor MJ event last month in the run-up to June the 25th, where they are asking fans to post images on Instagram and Twitter with the hashtag HonorMJ, which represented fans' humanitarian efforts honouring Michael. Posts were added to a worldwide photo mosaic on the official Michael Jackson website, of which you can access at honormj.michaeljackson.com. As you may already know from previous episodes, MJFFC have been blogging every known MJ fan humanitarian effort since 2009. Our impact page on our website is constantly updated with the latest happenings and donations, so check it out when you can, and if you are missing from the list, do let us know via the online form. MJFFC is now made up of 76 monthly members, many of which are given the £1 minimum amount required to join. We are hoping we can make it to a 100-member milestone before Michael's birthday on the 29th of August. To help us reach this target and to encourage more MJ fans to join, MJFFC would like to announce exclusively here on the MJ cast that transaction fees on the first 100 £1 MJFFC member contributions will now be completely covered thanks to the first business to join our new MJFFC Guardian scheme. The MJFFC Guardian Scheme allows businesses to contribute to the continuum of Michael's humanitarian efforts by MJ fans by supporting the future of the project financially with private contributions. Our first Guardian, 3ls.co, not only covers our internet costs, but as mentioned they will now be covering all transaction fees up to our first £100 monthly members. So this means that every single penny of the first 100 donors will now be going to a charitable cause every month, 
there really could not be a better time to be a part of this first 100. MJFFC is still run by a small group of unpaid MJ fans, and joining us makes it easier to donate to various charitable causes in memory of MJ each month as a group. Our highest donation today was £500, which was a huge amount. Now, with thanks to our MJFSC guardians, all of the money fans give goes even further than before. When you become a £1 monthly member, you get to decide where the money collected each month goes, via a simple voting system on Facebook, and we hope more of those listening to the MJCast can join in wherever they can, be it sharing our posts, or just telling other fans about the project. It all helps spread much needed awareness. Last month for June, we were able to contribute £232, or US dollars to a Michael Jackson fan called Aaron. Aaron is battling stage 2 Hodgkin's disease, which is a type of lymphoma. We are very proud to be able to have given towards his fund as MJ fans ourselves. We are hoping it will help to ease the burden of what he and his family are going through. The charitable cause we are raising money for this month is for a lady called Samantha. Samantha is suffering from a connective tissue disorder called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. Her spine is collapsing and dislocating and she requires her fourth life-saving and life-changing neurosurgery in America. Her target has almost been reached and we are hoping that our fundraising efforts and new members joining in July can help her and her family raise enough to be able for her to have the much-needed operation that will change and ultimately save her life. This is the kind of thing our organisation does each and every month. Samantha will be the 95th donation we have made, which means that our 100th donation will be at Christmas. So what special one that would be? We hope you can join us and we welcome any businesses or fans out there that would like to become an MJFSC guardian and enable our organisation to be one of the biggest fan-made charity organisations out there. We really will be building on the amazing MJ legacy. Full details of MJFSC guardianship are available on our website. I would like to give special thanks again to Jamie and Q and Elise and the rest of the MJCast team for their support of the project. We can't wait to make it bigger and better and get thousands of fans on board. Maybe the next fan is yourself. If you'd like to know more about becoming a member or guardian, you can contact me on facebook.com slash mjffc, twitter.com slash mjffc, or search info mjffc on Instagram, and of course if you want to join a monthly project, you can do so at mjffc.org. Thanks again everyone, and keep making that change. Big thank you to Stephen and all those supporting MJFFC and Michael Jackson charities around the world. Much appreciated. And that's, that's Michael's influence and legacy really, really continuing on and needs to be encouraged and supported. So I love being able to share those updates. Big thanks, Stephen. If you're not already a member of MJFFC, definitely consider it. It's a super tiny monthly donation. I think it's a in US dollars, I think it's a dollar 26 or something per month and these this microfunding goes towards all sorts of charities. So, again, it's a little stuff we can do to to make a difference and it's worth looking up. We're going to continue some news now and I love this story because I love this new song. Jermaine Jackson's son, Jafar Jackson, has released his debut single and music video, Got Me Singin'. And I have to say, it is more than a bop. It is such a good song. I love it. I have been playing this song all week. It is really good. It is. I don't know who the producer is. I don't know if he's done the production or if he got someone else to do it. But the production is fantastic. It's so catchy. Terrific vocals. I love it. I love it. I love it. I Yeah. One of the 
best yep. sort of new Jackson releases this year. Absolutely. It's a fantastic video. Great dancing. Um, Jafar looks great. The whole um, aesthetic of the video is beautiful. It was filmed in Brazil, which of course evokes the they don't care about us Brazil version of that video. And I also thought that it really evoked the video for the way you make me feel. Did you agree with that? A little bit, yeah. With the whole interaction with the with the young woman. But it kind of a, a slightly different take on that interaction. But to me, the whole kind of walking down the alleyway, I, I thought it absolutely was there. Very much um, in the video, are pushing the... They're trying to butch Jafar up a bit, I think. <laughs> there was... um the I think we spoke about it last year. He did an interview and a photo shoot in... I think it was a European magazine. And... um. It was, you know, a very sort of sexy and like, you know, he's shirtless or got his shirt open and great photography and beautiful pictures. And this is sort of a bit of a contrast. It's really trying to butch him up and he's, you know, pursuing the beautiful girl and, you know, it's all very sexy dancing and, you know, sexy mood colors and stuff. It was, that's something that struck me when I saw the video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gorgeous colors and definitely has a bit of a Latin vibe to it too. Yes, but definitely check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. People, I love how, I think it's funny how everyone's like, oh my God, his voice is exactly the same as Michael's voice and he sounds just like his (laughs) uncle and stuff. And I'm like, really? Yeah, I don't don't agree. But he sounds great Um, and he looks great. So that's all I care about. And it's a great song. There's the similar Jackson tone that I think pretty much every Jackson who sings has. It's like a DNA thing. It's like a family thing. They've all got like a similar tone in their singing. But don't forget, like Jermaine is an incredible vocalist. So Mm -hmm. why would Jafar's voice maybe not just sound like Jermaine's singing voice? instead of his uncle Michael's. So I, I didn't get all of that comparison stuff. It's a bit odd. Yeah, me either. You've got a good story coming up here. I like this one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so moving into the next item, uh, a little bit of Paris Jackson news. Of course, Paris is doing all kinds of things. She's got this band now, She's, I hope, which I hope I get to see. They're called Sound, Sound Flowers, I believe. And I think she's done one performance so far. In any case, her brand new news is that she is appearing in a reboot of Scream, which is, of course, the the film series from, were they they just in the 90s or did they come come into the 2000s? When when did those come out? Um, In any case, they're rebooting it as a TV show and Paris Jackson is in it. So there is a trailer available, which we will link in the show notes. I think it looks like a lot of fun if you were a fan of the Scream movies um, or a newcomer to it. I will say it does not look like Paris is going to last long. Did you watch that trailer? <laughs> Flashback to uh, I don't think Drew she's Barrymore. on for this world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she kind of opens the door and looks rather stunned. I think maybe, I guess she's wearing a Halloween costume. Maybe it looks like kind of a waitress outfit. Yep. Um, but apparently she's, she is great in it and I'm really excited to see her. I didn't get to see the movie she was in this past year. I never did get to see that, but, uh, but excited to see her in this. And I just, you know, I've said it before. I'm such a Paris fan. I think 
she is just doing so much and uh, really doing some great charity work as well. And so I am absolutely rooting for her through all of these great projects. So apparently this was filmed two years ago, which is interesting. And it's taking um, a while for this. So a series, I didn't know that. I was going to ask you if you knew. So thanks for letting me know. So a reboot in the series as a TV show. That's interesting because MTV channel also has a Scream TV series which has two seasons and I'm hoping there's a third because it sort of ended on a cliffhanger as they like to do, which I actually quite enjoyed. It was trashy and dodgy, like, well, not dodgy, but it was, you know, not like the films, which were very cool and entertaining, but the MTV series, maybe it was still creepy. I'm, I'm a bit of a scaredy cat. I don't go and see horror movies and what don't watch horror TV shows the MTV series of Scream was sort of the my limit, but this will be interesting. It's it seems like it's a lot closer to the film franchise version than what MTV did with theirs. They had a different sort of mask and story. Yeah, I haven't seen that TV series. So, but in this trailer, yeah, they're showing that same mask from the films. So. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I'll have to check out the the series that's been going on. I actually was not familiar with it. What do you know? What network this one will be airing on? I don't know offhand. I'll have to put it in the show notes. Cool. But I was a big, big, big fan of the Scream film franchise. Um, so yes, I yes, look forward to seeing this. Grew up with those. They were great. They were. Okie dokie. So this is quite an in-depth news story, and I will do my best to cover it with uh, detail. We have a lawsuit happening in France against Wade Robson and James Safechuck because of the Leaving Neverland documentary. A court hearing will be taking place, uh, or has taken place, in the north of France in the city of Orleans, where three Michael Jackson fan community groups, so the Michael Jackson community, MJ Street, and On The Line fan groups, have commenced proceedings against Wade and James for damaging the image of the late singer Michael Jackson. Of course, in a lot of countries, it is uh, not illegal to smear people's names and images after they have passed. Uh, But in France, defamation laws against deceased are a thing, which is great. French attorney Emmanuel Ludo, who will be representing the fan groups in the case, has called the allegations against MJ extremely serious, but likened them to a genuine lynching of Michael Jackson. The fan clubs are seeking symbolic damage payments of one euro each, which I have seen has caught the headlines on uh, at least a Fox TV show where there was a panel discussing it. And I think that damages of one euro each really shows how like serious people are with this. It is not for money, unlike... James and 
Robson. This is actually legitimately for Michael's honor and legacy and the truth. There was even a statement released from John Branker, co-executor of the MJ estate, which said the estate is in full support of Mr. Ludo's efforts on behalf of Michael and his beloved fans in France and across the globe that the truth shall ultimately prevail. We remain hopeful that a victory in France will soon fuel a movement in the United States to finally explore changes in the law to afford defamation protection for the deceased. Bravo to the French fans. I really commend you for doing this. It's important work. Once again, the fans are doing the job that the estate should be doing. But in this case, of course, it's something that's possible in France and not U.S. So it's great. I mean, we'll see what happens. At the very least, hopefully it will really bring attention to the other side of this whole issue. Absolutely. And it has to a degree already, and it's only just begun. And yes, also shout out and much love to the French MJ fam. They really do accomplish a lot for a small country their fans are very passionate and protective and they they really do a lot so very proud of all of those involved in this and uh when we have updates we will report on that fingers crossed well we're going to go get an update from another one of our wonderful correspondents we have got Yannicka from Jackson Source, and Yannicka will be giving us updates on the latest Jackson family news Take it away, Yannicka. Hey everyone, uh, this is Yannicka from Jackson Source. I wanted to talk about Jafar Jackson's debut. It's hallelujah, really. I know that I heard the first tracks of Jafar in 2012 or 2013 when his father Jermaine played me songs. So it's it's been a long time coming for him, but damn, what a smash single and music video is he delivering it's it, i think it's amazing he's getting a lot of views on youtube and i really hope it's gonna gonna hit the charge i jafar actually played me this song in april when i met him in la uh, this is one of the songs that he played and introduced as his first single but i think it's especially with the music video it's so well done it's very professional and he's making michael jackson fans and jackson fans very very proud I'm sure, and it's it's definitely a song. It's sticking in my head 24-7. I, I keep playing it, and I hope you guys do too. Also, other songs that Jafar played me were uh, titled French, Riviera, Interlude, and Shut the Lights Off. And all of those tracks, I'm telling you, they sounded amazing. There's going to be, I believe, 12 songs on his album, which drops on his birthday. His 23rd birthday is on July the 25th. So well, make sure you've got yeah, that your standby on Spotify and iTunes and wherever you buy your music. But it's so amazing to have him finally arrive on the scene and, and do his thing and, and people loving it. It's just, I really think this is only the beginning. And I think everybody knows that Jafar is really, really doing well and going to make everybody proud. And then also there's, uh, there's actually more Jackson releases coming up this summer or late summer. I can't really say who it is. You, you will have to follow uh, socials uh, to get the updates. But there's at least two more family members releasing a track uh, this summer or late summer. So uh, I've heard the tracks as well. And they're, it's, 
it's sounding amazing. So it's going to be really nice to have a couple of Jacksons out with hot new music at the same time. Obviously, Terrell dropped his album in uh, April. He uh, decided after two EPs and one album that it was time for him to finally take his show or his songs on stage and perform them live. He chose uh, the safe haven of doing that in Amsterdam, where there's a big 3T following and uh, he's got a couple people from the Netherlands helping him. Uh, so what he did was actually uh, create a show where he had Dutch musicians. He was in the country for a couple of days to rehearse and practice with them. And obviously Tito was coming out to surprise Terrell. And actually I was the one making that happen because when I saw that Terrell was doing his show and the Jacksons were doing a show on the day prior in London, I told Tito, you have to come over just yeah, it would be nice to, to surprise Terrell. Or I said, actually, you have to come over, T. And he said, yeah, let's do it. And it will be a nice way to surprise Terrell. So I had to keep it a secret and he had to keep it a secret. And so that was actually, it wasn't something to pull off. But we managed to, uh, you know, I got him into the venue and actually Terrell was really surprised and crying. So I think that worked out. And obviously, well, needless to say, I guess. But I had a great time with Tito, especially having him in Amsterdam and just and just hanging out knowing that yeah, that I was that there was going to be a big surprise so uh, Tito enjoyed the trip and it was a great thing. Terrell's show was actually really good. He even performed my favorite which is Unlove You and um, uh, A Long Time. I really love those. Those are ballads but uh, and the up tempos it, it sounded great. He did great and uh, it was nice to have his boys there and his partner obviously. And Terrell, I'm, I'm not sure what he plans to do, but I hope he's going to, to, to actually do a tour or mini tour. Maybe he said maybe in November. So um, look out for that because uh, it's nice to see Terrell uh, on stage. It looked really natural to see him without his brothers, which is enjoyable, obviously, to watch. And at the same time, it's like he can do this without his brothers. But he did two more performances, actually. But those were just like it was the same band, but it was just three tracks one was the day prior to his concert at a festival in East Netherlands, and the other was the day after his show um, at a Michael Jackson tribute event. He didn't play any Michael Jackson songs, he played his own songs, but it's always nice, obviously, to, to experience that from up close and, uh, and see, see the Jacksons do what they do best, which is sing and perform. Other than that, the brothers are, um, are touring uh, this summer in Europe. They're going places like Hungary, the UK, obviously, Spain, um, Switzerland, um, so they're, they'll, they'll be busy. There's a lot, of, a lot of shows and festivals for them to perform. If you can, make sure you, you try and go see them. And then 3T announced that they'll be performing uh, next year in Strasbourg. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, but it's in France, uh, and it's a 90s festival. Uh, so, um, well, it'll be nice for French fans to see them perform, especially after the latest gigs didn't happen as planned and that's a sad thing so I hope French fans can get a retake but it'll be next year it's on actually it's Janet's birthday May 16 2020 <laughs> I, I still have to get used to that yeah it's it's looking very promising 2019 and especially in a couple of weeks when there's more music out from other Jackson family members I hope it'll finally be the time that people start actually talking about what it should be about in regards to the Jacksons which is their talent and their music and their stage performances and, and touring and how much unity and love they bring to this world. So that, that's it from my end. 
So thanks so much for that update, Yannicka. She's always keeping us posted on all the news around the Jackson family, and we really appreciate it. She's a great friend of the show. And on to our last news item, we have a big event coming up at the end of August this year. It is called Michael, His Story, and it's going to take place the 29th through 31st of August at the Gallery Different near, which is near Oxford Street in central London. So Q, do you want to tell us more about that? Very excited to report on this. Very excited. A few years ago, actually, we had Charlie maybe mention this. It was an art exhibition that he went to and absolutely loved. Shout out to Charlie Thompson, our friend. It used to be called MJ on the Wall, but then, of course, the estate launched an official touring exhibition and they took the name MJ on the Wall. So the Facebook group for this original exhibition group is still called MJ on the Wall, but the new exhibition, like you mentioned, is called Michael, His Story. This will be a an amazing art exhibition, which I'm very jealous of those in England and Europe that will get to attend. It'll be showing MJ portraits, art and design, including an original sketch for the planned MJ mural in Los Angeles back in the early 90s, original artwork for the Jackson 5 animation series, portraits by Nate Giorgio, and lots more. A lot of the art and there'll be vintage collectibles as well on display. Uh, They will be for sale in aid of the charity UNICEF. Sadly, this could be the last year of this exhibition that they'll be able to hold it. So uh, we would really encourage a huge attendance and support, especially because the timing of it, which is over Michael's birthday, over his 61st birthday I just am always so thrilled to have events to report on that will celebrate him for his birthday. I think that should be sort of a bigger celebration than his anniversary of his passing. We'll have a link in the show notes for the Facebook event and the Facebook group and also a link to the Gallery Different website for opening times across the 29th, 30th, and 31st of August, as each of those days have um, different opening times. Oh, I wish more than anything that I could go to something like this. I remember Charles mentioning last time they had prints for sale, like prints of some of the artwork by these artists, which I think a lot of the art also comes from MJ fans. So beautiful mm-hmm. pieces of art. And there was actually some prints for sale that Charlie bought. So oh, I would just love to go to something like this. Yeah, it sounds fantastic. London gets so much good stuff. Um, yes. I wish I could be there. Yes. But definitely go out and show your support. We need to do whatever we can to come together. Absolutely. And, and you know, something like this, again, helps amplify MJ as as the hashtag is amplify MJ this will be you know imagine a crowd outside of gallery and people walking past going oh what is this crowd for and then they see that it's a Michael Jackson thing they go oh maybe we should check this out and hello people it's also a, a great way to raise money for charity in Michael's name and UNICEF does a lot around the world so we really really would 
strongly encourage if you are able to attend this over Michael's birthday celebration days in London in August, please, please do. Head to the show notes for information and links. Great. Well, thank you for that, Q. And I think we have one last correspondent segment. This is an update from our cousins over at the Janet Jackson podcast. Courtney and Cam are chiming in with some updates on Janet from Janet Today, Janet Tomorrow, Janet Forever. Hi, this is Courtney. And this is Cousin Cam from the Janet Jackson podcast, Janet Today, Janet Tomorrow, Janet Forever. And we are here with a Janet Jackson update. Janet made a long-awaited appearance in the UK on the last weekend in June, where she made two festival stops, first at Glastonbury on June 29th, and a show the following day in Switzerland at the Montreux Jazz Festival. Let's talk about Glastonbury first. She performed a 50-minute set from the Pyramid Stage. Yeah, I was able to watch a lot of it through clips on Twitter and YouTube. The BBC also streamed the performance on their app. I know a lot of people in the U.S. couldn't use the video live stream, but the app did have lots of clips posted. From what I can see, Janet brought her A-game to the U.K. I enjoyed it, and she performed one of my favorite songs, The Best Things in Life Are Free. So you know I'm happy. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta admit, I was pretty excited about that one. She doesn't perform that song very often. In fact, I don't know if I've ever seen it live, to be honest. Um, I know it's one of your favorites, so I watched it several times on your behalf. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm here for you. And most of Janet's real fans seem to enjoy the show, whether they were in person or watching it online. I did see some complaints about the sound. Lots of people seem to be complaining about the sound on social media. Yeah, there was a lot of commentary about the audio. Most of it seemed to come from people who were not actually at the festival, though. It seemed like a lot of folks who were trying to watch from home um, had a majority of the complaints. From the clips that I could see, there were some sound problems in like the beginning. But Janet handled it like a pro because she is a professional and a legend. And I feel like the social media was just trying to make a big deal out of it. She opened with Trust or Try which I think is interesting choice for a crowd that may not be diehard Janet Jackson fans. Yeah, I love it when she opens with something unexpected, but I think you're right. Um, this wasn't her typical group of fans. Uh, maybe for away games, she should only open with together again. <laughs> Did um, you say away games? <laughs> I was like, it's not her home crowd. Like they didn't go there necessarily to see Janet Jackson. Um, so yeah, so this is more like an away game. She might need to stick with the hits. But you talked a little bit about social media kind of being negative about the, some of the performance due to the sound. Um, but some of the traditional media outlets were a little more kind, like uh, mm-hmm. Michael Craig for The Guardian. He gave her performance four out of five stars, stating, you can count on one hand the number of superstars that have properly shifted the needle when it comes to pop. Madonna, Prince, Michael Jackson are obvious, but it's perhaps Jackson's youngest sister, Janet, who has cast the biggest shadow over the current crop of empowered female pop stars. And then The Independent was kind as well in a review titled Janet Jackson at Glastonbury. Cultural powerhouse does a seamless glide through her biggest hits. Um, The reviewer did have a complaint that we've heard before. Uh, She says that, and I quote, it sometimes feels as though Jackson is so rehearsed that she's merely going through the motions, end quote. And I think... If the worst thing you can say about a performer 
is that they've obviously practiced, then I think you probably don't have a lot to complain about. <laughs> We're talking about practice. Right. <laughs> Not the game. Right. But practice. Right. <laughs> you upset because she rehearsed? So I don't know. Yeah. No, I do know one person who is fangirly, and that's Carrie Underwood. She posted a video on her Instagram. She was so excited at the concert. It was funny. There's a point where Janet kind of just gives her a little wave, and Carrie lost it. Yes. And I would have lost it, too, because I, I would have been like, to. that was for me. That was for none of y'all in here. That was for me. <laughs> yes, I would have lost it too. So I'm not mad at Carrie. And I think it's pretty cool that she shared that on her IG. Yeah. And then Janice's next stop was the Montreal Jazz Festival, where she performed an 80-minute set. This was different from the Gastonbury because the festival sold tickets for specific artists. So if you want to see Janet, you bought a ticket for Janet. And it had her name on it. So I think it was this one had more diehard fans and she was introduced by quincy jones who calls her an incredibly loving being i hope someone calls me that one day cuz yes cousin you are an incredible loving person (laughs) (laughs) that's so nice From what I understand, it was a great show in Montreux. It was sold out and got great reviews. The pieces I was able to see online were really good. Mm-hmm. There's a group of fans um, from all over Europe, from Belgium, France, Netherlands, UK, who created an award, you know, to represent the European fans. And they actually got to meet Janet backstage in the dressing room after the show, where they read a speech they prepared. They gave her the award they created. And somebody also drew... A really nice photo of Janet and Issa and gave that to her as well. You actually talked to one of the fans, Jacob Jackson. He'll be featured on our next podcast. So stay tuned to the Janet Jackson podcast to hear that story. Do you remember a long time ago? I can't remember which episode, but we talked about the best way to get Janet or to see her is to create a war for her to show up. (laughs) Right. Yes, I do. And these fans actually did it. Like we have no choice but to stand. It's literally the only choice we have. The only choice. I don't know, but I'm going to talk to the city of Mars for and see what they can come up with. <laughs> now, what else do we have to talk about? Oh, Janet attended the Wireless Festival in London. She went to see Cardi B perform on July 6th. And two of her dancers performed with Cardi B. Now, I know Dom was one, and I think Alex, too. I probably should look this up. Uh, but also <laughs> in London at that same time was uh, Chucky Booker, who was musical director for Lionel Richie, and then also Stevie Wonder. They were performing in London that same weekend as the Wireless Fest. And on our last podcast, we talked with Chucky Booker about his time as Janet's musical director on the Rhythm Nation tour. So I wonder if she got a chance to see them. And if so, I hope there are some pictures. And also (laughs) sending lots of love to Stevie, who announced during his show in the UK um, that he'd be taking a break to receive a kidney transplant. So we're wishing him a restful and swift recovery. Yes, got lots of love for Stevie. <laughs> and Janet was also photographed meeting little Nas X. I think that this was in a very important moment. I love that she took time out of her schedule to meet with him. He recently came out as gay. And I think he said he has been receiving some negativity. 
or with that. And I think it's cool that she met with him and let him know that she's an ally. And I just love him so much. I love Lil Nas X so, so much. Did I say I love him so much? Nah, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, let me say for sure. I love Lil Nas X. And more tour news. Before Janet's, you go on, can I say I love Lil Nas X? <laughs> uh, Janet's lighting designer and content creative director for Metamorphosis, uh, Ben Dodge Geesh, did an interview and said that Janet's Vegas show is going to become a world tour. Now, we know how rumors go, but this seems pretty reliable. I mean, he is designing it, so he should have some insight to what's going on as far as a world tour. But I'm going to wait till I get official word from Janice Kemp. Agreed. But, you know, I would say you might want to save a few bucks, though, in case she announces tickets are going on sale the day before they go on sale, like she did with the <laughs> residency in Vegas. I need an album. <laughs> My guess is that after touring the U.S. basically since 2017, um, that she'll probably start her next world tour in Europe or Asia. That's just a guess. But stack your coins, kids. Janet is coming. Maybe. Right. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there is one more bit that we probably should have started with. Um, but on June 24th, Janet and Randy attended a Michael Jackson tribute hosted by Jeffrey Daniel and Patrick Island in Knightsbridge, London. Mm -hmm. Now, most people remember Jeffrey Daniel as a dance collaborator with Michael Jackson. I think they both, he and Patrick dance with michael jackson mm -hmm. but i remember Jeffrey daniel as a member of shalimar mm -hmm. i did see a picture of randy at the event and according to jeffrey janet was there as well on his facebook page he said we were blessed to have janet and randy come by and then he said some other stuff that wasn't about janet and randy <laughs> and then he said she's referring to janet she's always so poised and polite and that's why we stand. <laughs> right. One of the many reasons why we stand. I think it's cool that Janet and Randy got out with some Michael Jackson fans to celebrate Michael on the 10th anniversary of his passing. For sure. Well, cuz, I think that's it for us. I'm Courtney. And I'm Cousin Cam. And this has been a Janet Jackson update for the MJ cast. If you need more Janet Jackson, and honestly, there isn't anyone who doesn't need more Janet Jackson, subscribe to our Janet Jackson podcast, Janet Today, Janet Tomorrow, Janet Forever. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or many of other favorite podcast providers and social media at Janet Jackson Pod. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button for the MJ cast. Like, for real, what are you waiting for? A formal invitation? This is your formal invitation. Right. <laughs> we cordially invite you to subscribe to the MJ cast. <laughs> they probably want us to wrap this up. <laughs> we'll catch you later. Now back to the show. Thank you to our favorite cousins, our sister show, Courtney and Cam, for your awesome updates and your amazing recent episodes of your podcast. If you need a little bit more Janet in your life, and who doesn't, head over and check out the ladies' show. It is a terrific and always entertaining podcast, which I just always listen to the whole show with such a smile on my face. Such a pleasure to hear. It's a great show. And they just in the last maybe three or four months started bringing on a lot of guests onto their show too. So they've been doing more of an interview format and bringing some great people on. So it's a lot of fun. There's been some great stories shared. That's for sure.
I'm John Barnes, producer, writer, musician, and arranger with Michael Jackson. Make sure you pay attention to the MJ cast. It's great. Well, we are going to head into our main discussion topic today, which is such a wonderful and positive topic that I'm so excited that we get to talk about this year. New Michael Jackson documentaries, but terrific and positive ones that we should be so proud to support and share. They're also for free, which is amazing. Amazing that the the creators of these had made them so available for all fans to be able to share and participate in. So recently, we both had the chance to sit down and watch the Lavelle Smith Jr. documentary, The Man Behind the Dance. Elise, you've seen this recently. What did you think? Yeah, so, well, first of all, I want to say Lavelle Smith Jr., if you missed his appearance on our show way back in episode 19, he was our first, I believe our first Thriller Night guest. Uh, Make sure to check that out. It's It's a great episode. But yeah, this film is beautiful. So The Man Behind the Dance is a professionally made documentary film. It's about 40 minutes long. My favorite part of this is the look of it. It's stunning. The whole thing is in black and white and just gorgeous, gorgeous cinematography. And the format of it is really memories of Michael with Lavelle speaking it's it's really his it's it's beautiful it's almost a little bit like a love letter to Michael I think it's memories of their relationship of how he felt about him as an artist with all of this terrific concert footage and other types of great footage sprinkled through the narrative there's a lot of good footage in there that I really enjoyed seeing but overall um, it's a real pleasure to watch it's a perfect little like 40 minute long so you can sit down with it and just dive into these great stories and these great images and I, I think it's fantastic I don't know how it really could have been better I would love to see actually more of these little mini documentaries come out from different perspectives I think the more that we can do to get people's stories like this recorded in different ways, the better. But what did you think, Hugh? Absolutely agree with everything that you said. And indeed, yeah, it's so important that these stories are recorded and shared because these were people that were there for this. You know, Lavelle has met Wade Robson. He's known Wade since he was 10. So, and he's actually been on like TV shows with Wade, like dance TV shows. So he has got the authority to speak on this topic for sure. Big shout out and thank you to Think Video who put this film together and uh, David Von Halsen. I think, you know, this is just a, a fan made thing, but they've done all they can to really do it in such a professional manner. It's displayed in black and white, which I think is a very interesting choice for such a thing. And I think not only is that sort of a tribute to Michael and his song, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're black or white, this doesn't matter if it's in color or black or white. And I think being in black or white, it really draws your attention into the spoken word, what you're hearing from Lavelle. 
It really brings the attention so you're not distracted by some of the amazing footage, behind the scenes things, um, backstage things, a few never before seen sort of clips of footage of rehearsals and things like that. If that was all in color, we'd really be really focused on that. But that's not the main point of this documentary. It's actually the stories that Lavelle is sharing. And I think the choice to have it in black and white really focuses on that. So you really soak in Lavelle's sort of um, testimony and his his what he was there for and how he was affected by it and how Michael continues to inspire and influence him now. I will say, just like a, a Marvel Cinematic Universe film, stay after the credits because there is quite <laughs> <Yeah>. the scene <laughs> at the end of the credits. So don't miss out on that because it's it's really cool, really cool. Um, yeah. It was it was a really the opening of it was really powerful because it opens with the news of Michael's passing just after Lavelle sort of introduces himself and the news footage of his fans in just London on the street sort of learning of this. And, you know, that, that guy that basically just collapses after hearing the news, like I, I'm getting like a little bit emotional now just remembering that because that's that was all of us. We can really identify with that. And that was such a powerful way to open the film. And then, yeah, the film closes with really powerful sort of clip as well of Michael rehearsing. Um, and apparently this is part one. I it, like I was actually shocked when the when I checked the screen time of this. I didn't realize it was so short because it has so much in it that it felt a lot longer. Yeah, I agree. And I think you bring up a really interesting point about it being all in black and white. I mean, visually it's gorgeous. I did find myself a tiny bit frustrated as I was watching it because I really wanted the footage to be in color. <laughs> yes, agree, um, agree. And I also I also kind of wanted it to be bigger because all the footage Lavelle is is in like, you know, high def and like large and then anytime we get the footage it's much smaller. But I also realize it's probably because a lot of that footage is not the greatest quality. It probably has to be smaller. But I, I think you make a very, very good point that putting it all in kind of these this monochrome basically puts the emphasis on the words Lavelle is saying, which do hold so much weight. I also got emotional watching it. And I think it really is on focused on the right thing. I mean, it is it's the perfect 10 year anniversary testament to Michael's legacy. Um, yeah. It's really beautifully done. Perfectly timed. Yeah, it was really so rewarding and enriching to have this to enjoy on this 10th anniversary this year deals with some serious topics Lavelle he does not mince words in this no there's some language and you know that's from frustration regarding the allegations he's not pulling any punches and that was also so refreshing to see you know this is Mm -hmm. raw and real as their friendship was you know they were the kinds of friends when Michael would say something really stupid on TV, which he did. You know, Lavelle <laughs> would be like, what the hell, man? That was the stupidest yeah. thing to say for these reasons. You know, that was their level of friendship. 
and hearing about that, it was really powerful. So fully strongly recommend not only watching this documentary, but sharing it as well. If you haven't seen it, watch it. And if you haven't shared it, go and share it. So not only other MJ fam out there can see it, but also people outside of the MJ fam. I think it would be really interesting for other people to see it. Yeah. And I think if you just go to the man behind the dance, there's an entire website dedicated to it, but you can also find it through Twitter and, and uh, YouTube, but we'll have that noted on the show notes, of course. I think I watched it on Vimeo the first time I watched it on the 26th. And then when I watched it again this week, I think it was via YouTube. So they've really made it available and easily accessible, which I really sincerely thank the filmmakers and Lavelle for. This is a really important piece at the end of the year. We'll look back on this and it'll be definitely one of the highlights of the MJ year for sure. Absolutely. But, of course, that's not the only amazing positive documentary we get to talk about today. Humanitarian, the real Michael Jackson documentary, which sort of is the film version of the book of the same name, which came out this year, Humanitarian, the real Michael Jackson by Australian fan Paul Dwyer. So he's, yeah, put a documentary together and it is just beyond an absolute joy. You know, Mm -hmm. just seeing this side of Michael is so underrepresented and is the real MJ. This is the real MJ, who he was off the stage that so many people forget about, especially non-fans. You know, they just completely ignore this and they shouldn't. And it's such a joy. And this is going to be probably become one of my most watched MJ documentary films. I think it's, what, just over an hour. So, again, really great length. And it really starts at the beginning when Michael was young and in in the Jackson 5, and it goes all the way right to the very end of his life, sort of chronicling huge charity moments that he did like you know with the Hill World Foundation and um, public speeches on you know family values and charity and things like that Um, speeches uh, with Nelson Mandela but then it also has the small charity stories that really slipped through under the headlines that didn't get a lot of attention or in many cases people didn't know about at all. So paying for funerals of children that were murdered, paying for hospital procedures on sick kids and visiting orphanages and providing transport to charity organisations in the form of minibuses to get the people to appointments and activities and you know, taking poor kids to the circus and just the footage and also interviews with people that Michael personally helped is just the most moving and beautiful film. And it's just an absolute joy. And thank you, Paul, so much for putting this together and also making it so easily available. You can buy the DVD Uh, And the book in a combo, I think you can get the DVD on its own, but he's also made it 
available completely free across YouTube and Facebook and, and video platforms like that. And so grateful because it will be a tradition. I'll probably end up watching this like every anniversary and every birthday and probably sometimes between because I just enjoyed it that much. Yeah, I, I fully agree, Paul. Thank you so much for doing this. It's an incredibly important addition to what we have available um, on Michael's Legacy. I've watched it twice. And, you know, so like I was saying, on June 25th, my life was very, very hectic. I did not get to sit down and really reflect in that way I wanted to. So I have to say, genuinely, when I sat down and watched the humanitarian documentary, I got very emotional and it was the moment of reflection that I had not been able to have on June 25th. I really got teary. It's, um, it's, it's the side that, that nobody else is recording in this particular way. Um, Paul is the guy doing it and I'm really happy that the book exists, but I think I, I will say that I think this documentary, this is the kind of thing that I will force people to sit down and watch to say this is you need to understand the other side of Michael Jackson because this is this is the side that frankly super casual fans or non-fans pay absolutely no attention to and even within the fan community I think we forget a lot of these things like a lot of the stuff Q as you were mentioning that's kind of flown under the radar and the little smaller things that he did that weren't small at all really that were huge things that we need to remember and put in the spotlight. As you noted, he includes interviews with some of these specific kids who Michael helped. And every single one of them without fail says that that moment meeting Michael Jackson was this pivotal moment in their life that changed everything going forward and that they are who they are now because of that moment in their life. And that's pretty incredible. I also, I'm going to get emotional right now. Um, uh, I think just some really important reminders, like even like the big stuff, even that he donated all of his victory tour money to charity. There's tons of great footage. The fact that he would spend, you know, hours at hospitals, that he didn't just go for a quick photo op, but that he was there for hours was amazing. Um, and um, <clears throat> ugh, it's hard to talk right now. Uh, actually, I think my favorite part of the entire film was the very, very last segment, which is in 2007 when he was speaking at a military base at Camp Zama uh, in Korea, I believe. And Japan, Japan. Oh, what was it? Japan? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I wrote Tokyo here, but I said, said Korea. Who knows why? Um, <laughs> and for me, it was actually that final section that really is, hits home because we've seen a lot of, you know, a lot of the footage of some of those other hospital visits does circulate. But but I think that particular footage, number one, we we just don't really see it, I think, as, as much. And also, it just, it just makes me think, you know, if, if Michael was still here, I mean, that's, it's a beautiful talk. And and he's wearing his reading glasses and like, that's the Michael we would have now, mm -hmm. you know, and that was really hard to watch, but really hit home for me um, and was really moving. So anyway, <laughs> I also agree with you. I think 
I think every year now on June 25th, this is this is the film I will be watching. So if you have not seen it yet, please get out there and watch it and tell other people about it. This is part of the core legacy we have to keep alive. It's incredibly important. 100% agree again. Also for me, the, the Camp Zama military base visit was one of my favorite parts of that i remember when that happened in in 07 and seeing some of the footage on the news and on youtube and he you know that's what are the people they call it the mature era mike and he looks incredible he's got the most amazing suit on he looks terrific in his glasses he's giving such appreciation for the service members, the military and their families for for what they're doing. And I just love seeing that and hearing also from, you know, one of the uh, military organisers of the event and how much it meant to them that he gave that time when he could have been earning money like he was in the days before by doing meet and greet events. And he did this... For, for nothing because he just wanted to show appreciation and I just love the footage of him you know visiting the the European hospitals or the hospitals in New Zealand and you know holding orphaned babies in his arms and you can just the joy and the light you see just illuminate him from within he was that was what he was here for the music was the avenue to be able to do what is shown in this film. And we really need to share this so far and so wide because if someone can sit there and watch a four-hour documentary film of just destructive, vicious lies and allegations, they can spare an hour to watch this because this is, this is the real man. And this is what he was here for. And this is what we need to continue encouraging and doing in his absence. That's what he was here to teach us to do. So I totally agree. So happy that this was our discussion topic because it was, they were just such wonderful films. Me too. Really wonderful. And just to add one tiny thing is on exactly what you're saying, Q, is that he, there's even the clip of him saying that the only reason he is going on the dangerous tour is to raise money for the Heal the World Foundation. I mean, that just puts everything in, in down into one line about who Michael Jackson really was. And I think we have to celebrate that as much as we can. Like with this podcast, I love that we get to share the, the professional side and the stories from people that worked with him and his creative process and his art. I really do love that. But my favorite things for me personally on this is, you know, connecting with fellow fans over not only the art, but Michael, the man and who he was and his message. And then sharing the stories of people and of his endeavors like Neverland and what he got to do with Neverland to help people and what a wonderful place that was. My favorite thing is sharing stories like this and really bringing the focus to what he stood for. So again, shout out to Paul. Thank you so much for this. You've done something really special and we've just 
can't encourage the MJ fam enough to share this because that's the real Michael Jackson. I'm Vincent Patterson. Please come and join us on the MJ cast. We'd love to have you with us. So to jump from some serious chat over to some fun chat, let's jump to our finds of the week section. And Q, let's start with you. Well, this week we had like a little 
local 10th anniversary fan catch-up here in Perth, where I live in Western Australia, uh, which was really awesome. So getting to see a, a lot of my local MJ fan friends, and we had like a little dinner catch-up at a dome cafe in uh, Belmont, and it was just so good to see everyone. It was, you know, been a couple of months, and, you know, it's been not the easiest couple of months really, but we, we got to see each other and catch up and see how everyone's going and chat about stuff, not even like not even related to Michael, just normal life stuff and have like a nice meal and drinks and it was good. And I think I just really encourage people to, to reach out to local fans and do that. Like, you know, if you've got a Starbucks in town, you know, look for or start like a Facebook group or social media, just search for people, you know, talking about Michael Jackson and then your local town and then reach out maybe for his birthday in August. Let's organize a little catch up and it can be that simple, just that simple. And um, while we were there, um, Julie and Justine and Brenda and Chris, um, I think sort of booked our August birthday catch-up, which was really exciting. So thank you folks for doing that. So here in Perth, we're going to have a Saturday, August the 31st from 12 noon birthday catch-up. Our usual venue has actually closed in the city, which we've used for the last few years. We're going to catch up again at Dome Cafe in Belmont next to Reading Cinemas. So if you're a Perth MJ fan, there you go. We'll probably talk about it again before the birthday. But Saturday, August 31st, uh, from lunchtime onwards, we're going to have a little catch up and uh, it'll be good to see everyone and maybe meet some new MJ fam. I think that's so nice that you do that, Q. And, and I totally agree. I encourage, even if it's just a small group of you, it's really nice to have some in-person friends. Even if you have the MJ cast to be your... <laughs> your audio friends most of the time yep, yep. and social media friends. Um, yeah, that's great. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll come join you on August 31st. <laughs> come to Perth. I have a feeling that you would quite enjoy Perth. We're on the West oh, coast. You're it. on the West coast. There's probably a few similarities. Yeah. I'm trying to talk my husband into doing our vacation in Australia next year. We'll see. Ooh, well, if you make it to the West coast, just up the road from my house, like literally maybe five-minute drive, 10-minute drive at the most, there's def- probably way less than 10 minutes. There's actually a um, little wildlife park, a koala park, Ooh. and it's actually <gasps> the one Michael... It, well, Michael visited this ah. wildlife park when it was in a different location. So I guess okay. sometime in the 90s they moved location. But, yeah, it's the same the same organisation and... Last time I was there with um took Brad Sunberg and his daughter there. Uh there was a picture oh, cool. of Michael holding a koala. So yeah. Oh. Come hold a koala awesome. and meet some kangaroos. I wanna meet a koala. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I will have to do that. So you've brought a find of the week, which I was very yeah. excited to see when you shared this. Yeah, so this is this is kind of a silly one, but um, but I figured I I would share it. So um, I I've kind of made a habit out of going to see MJ murals around California, and we have one here in San Diego where I live that's actually been around for the last 
couple of years, but I went to go visit it just a day or two ago because I hadn't seen it in a while and I wanted to make sure it was still there. I'm just, I'm very paranoid right now. I'm, I'm convinced that everybody's trying to destroy Michael Jackson. So I was really pleased to find that it is still there and as vibrant and as ever. So what this, this mural actually is, and it's pretty cool too. It's a little different. It's at a brewery. San Diego is known for its beer breweries. We have a lot of really huge ones. It's on this humongous wall inside the brewery that everyone in the brewery looks at. And it is a mural of Michael Jackson and Bubbles. And it's fantastic. It's done in sort of pastel colors and it's made out of post-its. Wow. So these I'm little guessing sticky it's notes. not very windy in San Diego. Well, it's an it's inside. It's an indoor okay, building. Hey, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, but it's pretty cool and um like I said, yeah, it's still up. People were taking pictures of it. The whole place was super crowded. Um so it was a lot of fun to see. And I took a million pictures of it, which I will try to put on social media soon. And yeah, pretty fun. So, um, and actually on that front, I love, I'm, I actually love just like going out and hunting for like public art everywhere. And so um, this has kind of become part of that little hobby of mine. But if any of you out there, if there are really cool MJ murals in your city, like I want to see them. So, you know, share them with us on social media. I'd love it would be really fun to make like some kind of social media or Twitter, you know, art featuring all the different murals around the world. I think that would be awesome. That's such a great idea. And I think we would uncover some that I didn't know about this one that you're speaking of in San Diego. I think we'd really uncover some really amazing pieces out there. Yeah, let's make it happen. Let's figure out a hashtag. (laughs) We will do that. (laughs) um, So this is based on a very famous sculpture of Michael Jackson, which I haven't seen, but I remember... When I last visited San Francisco, I think it was. Um, was it San Fran or New York? I think it was San Fran. That they had pictures of this on buses and public transport because it was actually okay. in an exhibition at the time. I think is it Jeff Koontz sculpture? Yeah, I believe it's. I believe it's Jeff Koontz. Yeah, yeah that that white and gold one of Michael mm-hmm. sort of sitting there with um, bubbles next to him. It's very. Very cool, very famous piece. Yeah, I look forward to you sharing this across social media so people can see it. Maybe actually, now I'm thinking about it because I shared a photo in our group chat. Remember me and two others in our jackets matching dangerous denim jackets? Yes, great photo. Maybe we could do like a little split pick uh, about finds of the week. Well, that'd be fun. And then we could share it. Let's As do a it. little promo. Yeah, let's we'll, we'll put that together. That will be cool. Okay. Excellent. Great. I love that. That was not a, like a silly little find of the week. <laughs> I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it was fun. Well, Great. that's pretty much a wrap. Yeah. Yeah, nice work. Fun. I see everything's still recording, so I haven't stuffed anything up. So Jamin will be very happy. I'm very relieved. (laughs) (laughs) So we do have a couple of thank yous this episode. Um, I'll start and I want to thank a very important person who um, some of you will know on social media and she has been doing some really amazing background work for us and has not really gotten any credit for it yet. Um, So I want to give a big hug and thanks to Lynn Tyler. And she is helping us with a project that you guys will hear about 
I'm hoping towards the end of this summer, and that'll be related to documenting our podcasts and making them available for all different types of people. Um, so we'll talk more about that when it's closer to ready, but she's been doing a lot of work and really a heartfelt thanks for all the time you've put in, Lynn. It, it is very much appreciated. Big love, Lynn. Thank you so much and very excited for when that project is uh, unveiled. My thank yous aren't quite as specific as thanking lovely Lynn, but I just thought it would be interesting to share the top countries that actually tune into this wonderful MJ Cast project. And I want to thank all of the people that listen even if you're not mentioned in this list, but this is like the top countries in order of people that consume this podcast. And we are eternally grateful that you share your time with us and that you have subscribed and tune in every week. Jamin shared some figures this week with us about how the download numbers have grown since like 2016 to now and they've just doubled it's mind-blowing and quite overwhelming and just so grateful for everyone that listens to the podcast um so i guess it's not a big surprise that the the biggest uh download numbers come from the united states uh and north america um, so thank you to all the mj fam there uh next up is the united kingdom so thank you to all the English MJ fam. And then Germany comes in third. So huge shout out to all of the German MJ fam out there. Wonderful activists that do a lot for Michael. And then little old Australia comes in fourth for uh, Oceana. So thank you to all our fellow Aussies out there. And thanks to the koalas. And the koalas. <laughs> I'm sure they're listening too. Hopefully. They've got big ears. <laughs> After Australia, Canada is our next biggest market. And they just celebrated Canada Day last week. So shout out to all the Canadian MJ fam that celebrated um, Canada Day. And thank you for your time. And then the first Asian country in the top list is beautiful Japan, one of my favorite countries in the world. I love it. Cannot wait to return there some point, hopefully sooner rather than later. But Japan, MJ fam, very, very grateful that you tune in. And then Spain in Europe. That comes next. Oh my God, Spain. I am still just banging your Eurovision entry this year from, uh, I think it's Mikey. I just love that song. It was robbed of so many points. It was such an amazing closer to Eurovision this year. And I just, I'm going to go listen to it again after this podcast, actually, because it just gets me in such a hyped up mood for the rest of the day. So thank you, Spain. And... Italy, thank you for your delicious food, Italy. My favorite food is Italian. Uh, Italy comes up next as the next country for biggest download numbers. And I'll finish up with France. Thank you so much to the French MJ fam that are listening. I thought that was a really cool list. It just blows my mind that it 
so global that people are tuning in. And again, thank you. So thank you to all of those countries and all the people listening in those countries right now. And big special thank you to those that actually share the show so other MJ fam can find us. Speaking of which, Q, should we tell our listeners where to find us? Yes, we are all over the Intertrons. We are a podcast and best consumed as a podcast via a podcast app. Uh, what is the podcast app you use as an Android user, Elise? I use Podcast Republic and highly recommend it. Excellent. So it's easy to use. Very easy to use. But there are tons of podcast apps out there if you are an Android listener, um, including Google has a podcast app now, which I don't really like, but, you know, whatever works for you. But there are tons of options. You just go to your Play Store, put in podcast app, and there will be a million that come up. Pick whichever one is first. It's okay. Any of them will be fine. And then search for the MJ cast and hit subscribe. It's free. That is it. And, and most of those are free, aren't they? Oh, they're all free. Yeah. Nice. They're almost all free. Pretty much. Apple Podcasts, if you're an iOS Apple user. Uh, we're on Spotify, Stitcher Radio, heaps of places. Just open an audio thing and search the MJ cast and you'll find us. We're also over on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We have channels and social media accounts on all of those. So search for the MJ cast and you'll find us there and drop us a line via email, the MJ cast at iCloud.com. Much prefer you send us emails and maybe at mention us and tag us in things other than using direct messages. Please, like if you've got something important, just email it or send it publicly via the social media, not direct messages because there's just too much stuff that we get sent in direct messages. A lot of it is like group chats with like 50 other people and we don't check those a lot and we don't check the DMs a lot from just the spam and just people sending unrelated things and yeah direct messages is not the best way to communicate with us folks and probably not inviting yourself on the show either <laughs> a lot of people do that <laughs> a lot a lot of people hi this is my name and please have me on the podcast. I'm like, um, we barely have enough time for ourselves on the podcast, let alone special guests and like, yeah, like inviting yourself on or the show. Or maybe get to know us a little first before you even maybe. invite yourself on the show. <laughs> Interact um, and things like that. But yeah. just, yeah, it's not yeah. the best introduction. So, but a lot thank of people you. who have never even listened to the show do that. Yeah, much appreciated. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> if you do send an important message that's, you know, urgent or really needs a response or is something we really should be paying attention to and we never got back to you, we're not ignoring you. We just do get so much through so many different channels. So um, if it's something we really do need to see and you're you're thinking we, we don't like you or something, please do, you know, resend that message by email so that we see it. It's usually just because it got lost in the big sea of messages we get. Yep. Indeed. 
I think we covered everything. Thank you to our correspondents, our MJCast correspondents, Stephen from Michael Jackson Fans for Charity, Yannicka from Jackson Source, and everyone's favorite cousins, Cordy and Cam from Janet Today Podcast. We also played some music breaks in this episode, which we hope you enjoyed. There was the Jacksons, Walk Right Now, the Nick Redux, Michael Jackson and Patty Austin. It's the Fallen in Love, the Reflex Revision. There was the Michael Jackson featuring Akon versus Halsey, Hold My Colors, Delirious Mashup. That was a last minute addition. I had a real big banger <laughs> of a track and then I was like, oh, no, actually, hold. I want something to hold my <laughs> hand and this is perfect. So hope you enjoyed those. Let us know your favorites. And uh, that's pretty much a wrap. Elise, I want to say thank you for joining us. It was so good to have you back on the show and have a catch-up chat with you. It was awesome. Fun to be back. Thank you. And thank you for all you do for us and the podcast and our listeners in the background. We really appreciate all the hard work you put in, especially knowing, you know, your job is pretty full on and you're so busy with that. And also all you do for the animals, your wonderful pets and (laughs) the other animals you help in your time. So we really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Oh, of course. Well, bravo to both you and Jamin for an amazing first half of season five. It's been incredible. It's been overwhelming. Um, exhausting. And I think you guys, <laughs> exhausting, exhausting. I hope you get a little break too, <laughs> Q. It's been a lot, but it's been really great. And our, I think the show has grown um, in really exciting ways this year. And I'm just so yeah. proud to be a part of it. Yes, well, we're very happy to have you a part of it because without you, it would not be happening. <laughs> I can tell you that. It's a lot, but thank you for helping us in every way. And yeah, absolutely. This season has been amazing. You know, we started the year off already exhausted and, and battle fatigued, and we really didn't know how this season would play out, but it has been super entertaining, super strong and super rewarding in so many ways. And thank you all for listening to the MJ cast. Elise, it has been a while since we've heard your sign off. Oh, I get to do it. Yes. (laughs) Well, thank you again for having me. Thank you so much for listening. I hope to be back on the show at some point this year and get to talk to you all again. And this is Elise signing off. Stay bad. Thanks everyone for tuning in to episode 105. Michael on. Did you see on social media there is a amusement park in Milan that sort of unveiled a refurbished MJ history promo statue? I did see that, but I don't know much more about it.
Yeah, I can't remember the name of the theme park now, but if I find it, I'll maybe drop that into the show notes. But I thought that was pretty cool because it was this year that, of course, you know, McDonald's forced the owners Mm -hmm. in the Netherlands in Best to take their MJ statue down, which I had seen last year. And now in Italy, they've um, put one up. It's basically the same statue, but it's been restored this one has sunglasses on which i don't know any of the others to have had sunglasses on and it's also colored so it's like you know he's wearing the black and the gold dangerous jam outfit and he's got skin tone so it's not like a big stone statue it's like a big sort of painted statue but i thought that was pretty cool how the mj fam were celebrating the unveiling of this i guess new or at least refurbished statue Mm-hmm, absolutely. You know, on the MJ statue front too, I know there was some concern floating around that the statue in front of the Cirque du Soleil MJ1 show had been taken down at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas, but apparently it's just down for cleaning. So mm, it should I've be heard, up again. I don't know. Hopefully, yes, but I have heard other people say that, you know, they do swap out their displays so Mm. maybe this was because and they did sort of mention it wasn't meant to be a permanent display Mm. and they do swap out their things um, and they were going to put something for summer so i'm not entirely sure but if people are heading through vegas and the mandalay bay hotel it would not hurt to go hey staff where's the statue gone oh, okay, well, we would like to see it, so can you please bring it back soon? Because maybe a little bit of friendly pressure again, that would help. Q is always encouraging activism. (laughs) Bring back the MJ (laughs) statue. (laughs) Well, I hope that's that's the case. Absolutely. Anybody who passing through Vegas, let us know. Yes, actually, and also, if you are in Vegas and you're seeing the MJ1 show at any time, just send us a, a tweet or a, a Facebook post or whatever. I'd be interested to know, are the shows still getting packed out? I'm really curious about the audience numbers for the MJ1 show in Vegas. I've seen people post about it who say that it's still packed. Okay, that's a so, relief. Yeah, yes. Send us is. a photo of the, the audience. Show us that it's packed. I'll be back in Vegas in early August to see Janet Jackson again. So um, I will have to go run over there and check out the display maybe at that time. (laughs) Yes. Don't forget your lanyard. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I will always have my lanyard with me in my purse at all times in case there is (laughs) a reason I need to pull it out. (laughs) Makes you look so official. (laughs) <laughs> it does it does oh you know i just have to say too I just there was so much love for you guys and for the show at the in the studio event and it was really wonderful and so thank you everyone who like came and gave me a hug and said hi and passed your greetings along to jamin and q um that was awesome you really made my day yay and you made our day folks for looking after elise that's yeah. She, she's a treasure. So thank you for welcoming her and supporting her and, and supporting us. We really appreciate it. Thank you, everyone. Totally. Woo!
Jcast.